Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked on Seminoles. Tonight you have me, your host, Max, flying solo and riding high. It is Mailbag Monday. Tuesday as you're listening to this, I guess, but Monday as I'm taking your questions. Today we're going to talk about, well, it's Mailbag Monday. We're going to talk about all the stuff. So we're going to talk about how we're recruiting against Florida and against Miami. And if we should really be worried about what we're seeing on the trail from our hated neighbors to the south. Then we're going to talk about the defense. We talk about offense a lot. We're going to mix up. And we're going to talk about the defense. And then we're going to play a game called Whose Roster Is It Anyway? Saw a thought-provoking question that made me think, are we getting too lost in the narrative of Mike needs to get his guys in, or are they already there and just aren't performing? All that and more coming to you next on Locked on Seminoles. <laughs> You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Locked On Seminoles. Today is a wonderful Tuesday, or at least I hope it is. And if it's not already, go ahead and make it a great day. I'm your host, Max, been covering the team for whatever it's been, 20 some odd months now with the Locked On Network for almost at our one year anniversary. I am a fan first, person second, podcaster third, as are my co-hosts Dave and Drake, and I promise you will meet them in good time. I'm, By the way, I'm playing around with the mic position tonight, trying to, sometimes I'm a little quiet, sometimes a little, I'm a little loud, I gotta get in there, but most importantly, I am here for you. I only get to talk about the sports that Florida State plays because y'all listen to me talk about the sports that Florida State plays, and I will forever love you for it. If you're on YouTube, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit that bell to turn on notifications, and make sure you like the individual video. Most importantly, if you'd like to be featured on a next, subsequent, future mailbag episode, make sure you leave a comment down below. Let us know what's on your mind. Let us know what you think about my answers, or it can be something completely different than what we talk about tonight that you want to know about So let us know down in the comments. Tonight, our first question comes from, drum roll please, two monitors, sorry. We've got William Green. He says, no, if he would have done what Cristobal at Miami and UF are doing the first year as head coach, which is signing top players and more importantly, top elite coaches in year one, only months being on the job, unlike Norvell and the below average coaches he has in year one or year three, I'm sorry, six and six at best while Norvell is here. I believe that was in response to some topics about Norvell. So the elite players thing, I'm going to start with that. Are Miami and Florida signing elite players? Um, here's the thing. I, I don't know because they finished better than we did in the classes. And I, I said this at the time, right? Like I was, I'm disappointed. I mean, You don't want to see first-year head coaches beat your third-year head coach on the recruiting trail in your own state, right? Florida State finished 20th, uh, UF finished 16th, and Miami finished 15th. But here's the thing. Florida enrolls four of those. We've enrolled 11. Florida also has, I think, 15 kids. Is it 15? Yeah, 15 kids that have signed a letter of intent. So they will be going there, but they won't be there till the fall. So that's a total of 18. We currently have 11 enrolled, which is a huge 
early enrollee class. And we've got four with letters of intent signed. So we're at 15. Now, again, these, these 247 rankings are, they have to do with how many people you have in the class. So again, UF is ranked 16th in the nation in recruiting classes. We are ranked 20th in recruiting classes, but our average player is rated an 89.43. Their average player is rated an 88.61. So our average is better than their average. And again, you've got 11 kids on campus. They've got four. Uh, You know, to me, that bodes well, but I don't even want to look at that. What I want to look at is, is it really elite talent in year one? I mean, we have seen firsthand now, all throughout the early signing period era, that typically your first class in the early signing period will be filled with attrition and non-productive players. I, I don't know why. I have a, a few hypotheses, but it's what happens. We see it time and time again. Willie Taggart's first class was 11th in the country. 11th in the country. Let's go through that class briefly. Jaden Lars would be. Didn't finish his career at Florida State, finished at Boston College. A.J. Litton, never had a major impact at Florida State. Asante Samuel Jr. ended up being a draft pick, one of the best players to come out of there. Robert Cooper, uh, we'll see. You know, he he could still have a pretty good year. Big Coop, so that's, you know, or what? Two, one transfer, A.J. Litton, I think he might have transferred. Um, one draft pick and one question mark so far. One probably, we'll say productive player. Big Coopsman, productive player. Warren Thompson, off the team. Treshawn Harrison, he's uh, at Oregon State now. He transferred. Uh, Xavier Peters, have not heard that name in a very, very long time. He's now playing for Florida Atlantic. Amari Gaynor is still on your team. You got some production there. You got some production at Cam McDonald. Uh, I'm just doing the four stars, by the way. Four star Christian Meadows, six foot three, 330 pound offensive guard. You know, I mean, medically disqualified. It's not really like you can't say that, that was a bust, I guess, because you don't plan injuries. But, you know, again, no real production there. Uh, Dennis Briggs could come alive for you. I actually I have high hopes for Dennis Briggs. So um, and those are your four stars, right? You go down further and you have about the same Jalen Goss probably didn't pan out for you. Uh, Keyshawn Helton, actually a surprisingly high upside three star, in my opinion, Jazz Neal. Nothing really to write home about. Demarcus Adams, no. Christian Armstrong, no. So I guess I did go through the three stars. The point I'm making is that when it was our class, right, when we'd just gotten the new head coach, we had the number 11 class in the nation on paper, right, an average rating of 90.9. And look how it turned out. It's it, it's a coin flip class. It's it, About half the kids are productive, albeit on some of the worst performing Florida State teams that we've seen in our lifetimes. And half the kids won't finish their career at Florida State or have already finished it elsewhere or are just never going to be productive. So I, would, I wouldn't say that that means that that's going to happen to UF or that we should just say, well, it's not going to be a good class. Look, it's a decent class, 16th in the country, great. But it's a transition class in the early signing period. Let's not go making mountains out of molehills. Let's see how those kids pan out. As for the transfers, because I know that that'll be brought up, I, I just, I don't know what to make of these ratings because we see these transfer ratings, water break. And I'll be honest, they make no sense to me. 
Um, Osiris Torrance, right, is a transfer that went from the University of Louisiana, followed Billy Napier to Florida. Six foot five, three hundred thirty pound offensive tackles. Left high school as a three star is now considered a four star transfer. You look on Pro Football Focus, and Osiris Torrance has like an 84, 85, which is really darn good. He's probably the impact of a four-star, right? Like, that makes sense to me. But then I go to kids like, where's the running back? Montrell Johnson. Montrell Johnson is a five foot 10, 185 to 200 pound, depending on where you look, running back. He's rated as a four-star transfer from Louisiana Lafayette to Florida. Now, I know we like to hate on the ACC. I know we say it's not a football conference. It's this, it's that, the other. The ACC is better than the Sun Belt. It just is. The players are better. The defenses are better. They're bigger, faster, stronger, on average players that you will face week in and week out in the ACC than you will in the Sun Belt. So then why is Montez or Montreal Johnson, who had 162 carries for 838 yards in the Sun Belt, with an average of 5.2 yards per carry, who was held to 2.8 yards per carry against Marshall, okay, who was held to 3.4 yards per carry against Liberty and held to 4.4 yards per carry with a long of 16 yards against Troy, rated as a four-star. To put that in perspective, he averages a full yard less than not one, but two of our main running backs, Treshawn and Jay Sean both average over a yard more per carry than this kid, and he's rated as a four-star? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe he is. But but it, that just doesn't make any sense to me because I would – I just – I don't understand it. To me, those aren't great stats in the Sun Belt. 838 yards and 162 attempts for 5.2-yard average, getting held again under 60 under 65 yards against Marshall – ULM, Liberty, and Troy, and he's a four-star. So that's why I kind of just don't even bother with the transfer rankings. Now, Miami, you got a little more to worry about. You do. And y'all know I hate Miami more than UF, so it kind of hurts me to say this, but their average recruit is a 91.68. It's not bad. They got six enrolled. That's two more than UF, three more than UF, I'm sorry. They've got eight LOIs, letters of intent signed. That's a decent class, but again, look at what Willie's first class was on paper. Imagine you were a Miami fan or a UF fan in the class of 2019 or 18, I'm sorry, looking at this going, oh my gosh, this is what this Willie Tiger guy is doing. You would probably feel similarly. So that doesn't excuse this coaching staff because we're going to talk about it in the next segment about like who's, you know, whose program is this and whose guys are on the roster. Spoiler alert, it's Mike Norvell's. And when you mention uh, uh, William... When you say the thing about below average coaches here, I can't disagree with you on that. I mean, y'all have heard my takes on Ron Dugans. I think that that was a lazy, lazy keep. I think you should have moved Yak over at minimum. I know that's the popular talking point, but to me, that's a bare minimum. You should have gone out and found someone that could coach wide receivers. And when you couldn't do that, find someone to coach running backs and move your running back guy over to wide receivers coach. But you kept Dugans. Every single thing was filled by internal promos. And we'll get to this in the next segment when we talk about, or I guess the segment after next when we talk about defense. But you made a guy your co-defensive coordinator because of his South Florida ties and his experience at linebackers coach. 
And uh, yeah, we didn't see anybody from South Florida and we didn't see any linebackers. So it, it is what it is. I mean, it's definitely not giving our staff a pass and I'm not making excuses for them. I'm just saying that all that glitters isn't gold. And let's not go ahead and anoint these Florida players and Miami players as elite when we've seen what happens in a transition class. That's all I'm saying. But folks, if you think that you know what's going to happen this offseason and you're convinced that you know who's going where, put some money on it. One of the best things that you can bet on on betonline.ag or .net, I apologize, right now is who's starting for who next year. You think you know where James is going to start? Put some money on it. You think you know where the next big head coach is going to go? Put some money on it, folks, at betonline.net. The game starts here. And we're back. Sorry, I just like saying that. So again, let's not panic about what's going on down south, but let's get a little worried about what's happening here up north. I guess for me, it's down south, but y'all get what I'm saying. So LaTerrence Clark asks, well, says, 98% of this roster Norvell brought in, and by the way, the team he inherited went to a bowl game the year before he got here. He shipped all those guys out of the program, and guess what? We haven't been back yet, and might not this year, to be honest. I honestly didn't get that last part, but I agree with your sentiment, LaTerrence. I really do. Um, 98% of this roster is Norvell. So so let's look at Willie's first recruiting class. You've got Asante Samuel Jr., who ended up going in the draft. So he was a big help last year to Norvell. Um... (laughs) Robert Cooper should be a centerpiece of your defense this year. Warren Thompson, yeah, there were issues with him. We'll give you that. Um, Amari Gaynor, look, y'all know I'm not. It's like he's so nice. I feel bad saying I'm not the biggest fan of Amari Gaynor. I'm not not a fan of Amari Gaynor. I think that someone last week suggested he moves to edge. That might be a better position for him. I don't think he's been used properly. I do think there is something there. I just, I, I don't think like, I'm not doing cartwheels over Amari Gainer, but I think he's a net positive. If you said Max, is he a plus one or a minus one? He's a plus one. Cam McDonald is a plus one. Dennis Briggs is a plus one. Okay, that's about it. Keyshawn Helton. Honestly, y'all are going to give me crap for this, but like Keyshawn Helton is a plus one. I know he's not perfect, but given what this team's been, it's not like it's not like he's been bad. You know, I mean, there's times where he drops balls. And I'm like, dude, get it together, but he's a plus one. You go to 2019. I can pull it up. Come on, Max. Akeem Dent. Probably the best coverage corner you have on your roster. Brennan Gant. Great guy to have at safety. Travis J. Yeah, that that's probably one, to be honest, that uh, I said it last week. He's one of the most athletically gifted guys on your roster, but you probably wish wasn't there at times because he's been disruptive. Uh, you've had issues with him. Um, he just hasn't been able to get it together. Dante Lucas. Well, we all know how that turned out. Quayshon Fuller, he's probably going to be productive for you. Jaleel McCray, you know, I mean, he's, you know, he's playing down at FAU. He's, he's doing his thing. Um, Raymond Woody down at FAU. But you got Kalen Deloach as your best corner, or be, best corner, best coverage linebacker. Renardo Green, you know, he's he gives, gets a real running start. Brownlee, McClendon, they do all right for you. Um... So yeah, I I think that's all to say that like yeah, like Willie a lot of the best players on his team were left here by Willie. Now, when you say it's 98% Mike Norbell's roster, it's a high number and I know you're just saying you're exaggerating for effect, but I think you're you're missing 
the other side of that, that when you look through some of these classes of all the guys in 18 and 19 that didn't pan out, it's like, what if Norvell had been here and been able to recruit guys and they had panned out? But that's making a lot of assumptions. And I think to the point that LaTerrence is making, it's like, whose roster is it anyway? It's Norvell's roster at this point. I think last year I probably was saying it was still about 50-50, and I believe that. And, um, you know, it was what it was, and there's the COVID class and all that. But, yeah, this year, man, it's Mike Norvell's roster. Like, there is no more, oh, wait till he gets his guys in. Like, his dudes are there. And, and, and the thing is, he's done such a turnover and a churning of this roster, which everyone associated with the program will tell you he needed to do. But because that's happened, that means it's even more so his roster, right? It's his transfers he's brought in. It's his guys from Willie's era that stayed are guys that have or should have bought into his culture or been processed out. So, I, yeah, I agree. It's all on him this year. And there are no more excuses. If the wide receivers suck, shouldn't have kept Dugans. If the linebackers suck, shouldn't have hired Shannon. If the quarterbacks suck, well, shouldn't have hired Tokars. You know, if uh, I, I could keep going, if the offense is awful, shouldn't have promoted Atkins. I hope none of that happens. I'm not saying it's going to happen. So don't say I'm saying it's going to happen. I'm just making the point and underscoring what LaTerrence said that, yes, this is Mike's roster. This is Mike's coaching staff. And this is Mike's team. If this team does not do well next year, if they go six and six, or if they go five and seven, or God forbid they go four and eight somehow, it's Mike's team. It's Mike's fault. And we'll probably be showing Mike the door sooner rather than later. But I want to talk some defense, folks. We talk a lot of offense, and I'm ready to talk some defense. But before I do that, about Rock Auto. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? Well, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts from their computer, choosing the only brand that their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers at your house. You've got rockauto.com in your house, in your pocket, wherever you may need it, you've got it. So save time and money using Rock Auto. It's a family business and it's serving do-it-yourselfers like yourself. And it's been doing it for over 20 years with reliably low prices for every customer. They have everything you could need, brake parts, tail lights, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now, check out the full selection for your car or truck, and write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, folks, we are back to wrap up Mailbag Monday. I actually did have a little teaser section written about the quarterbacks, copied some questions down there. I won't get to get to it, but Scott Davis, Reg, y'all are teed up for later this week. I promise. But we're going to talk about the defense. Keith Clark says, speaking of line, basically Keith Keith Clark says we need to recruit linebackers. What is Randy Shannon doing? Does he not recruit much for FSU? I don't see his name anywhere for recruiting, especially linebackers. I've only heard of one he's recruiting. Yeah, Keith, you're right. I mean, sorry. I wish I had more insightful insights. Insightful insights. 
wish I had more insightful insights than saying, Hey, you're right. But like, yeah, no, that's, um, that's pretty much it. Like this has been my problem with Randy Shannon is we get so hyped up in this weird idea of like, Oh, this person has these ties or this person has these ties. I, what difference does that make? What matters to me, in my opinion, is who you have ties to. A guy that's from South Florida that coached there 100 years ago doesn't have ties to South Florida. When's the last time he pulled a five-star recruit from South Florida? Who does he know? Specifically, who does he know at St. Thomas Aquinas? Who specifically does he know at Miami Central that's going to go into a kid's ear and say, hey, you really need to go play for that dude, Randy Shannon? Because if the answer to those questions is nobody... I don't care where he's from because then it's just, it's just a talking point. It's just a, something we, a thread we pull on. We go, oh, South Florida ties. Really? Where are they? Who's he landed? Cause I agree. See, I wrote it down. Um, I wrote down how many we're looking at. And, uh, uh, be, while I find it, I can tell you it's a uh, zero. Here it is. We've currently offered for next year's class. 2023, which sounds far away, but remember, folks, it is 2022. I know it feels like 21 still, kind of even feels like 20, but it's 2022 today. Next year is 2023. We have offered 21 linebackers in the 2021 class. 2023 class, sorry, 21 linebackers in the 23 class have received an offer from Florida State University. We currently have. Zero linebackers committed to Florida State. Zero crystal balls even projecting that any of those 21 linebackers will go to Florida State. We've whiffed on multiple linebackers over the past few years, two of them famously legacies. So when you say, what's Randy Shannon doing? I don't know. Making half a million dollars? Allegedly coaching linebackers, sometimes I they're not it's the tour of duty right now. It doesn't take a lot of coaching. Right now should be recruiting. They're not in the dead period, right? Whatever. You get my point. We should be hearing smoke. And that I think is why I was so frustrated about the Shannon hire, right? Because this isn't the NFL, where the the only goal is to coach the players well. Do I wish that's how it was? Sure. But that's not the college game. It's a two-part game. One, can you coach them? But two, can you get the next wave of dudes into your program that are going to be better than the dudes you just coached and then apply that coaching to them and make them the best you've ever had and then go back on the recruiting trail and do it again? If the answer to that's not yes, why is he on your staff? Plain and simple. And why I was frustrated by the Randy Shan hire is because he's been everywhere. He's coached at Miami. He's coached at Florida. He's coached at UCF. I get it. He's got experience, but we didn't need experience. We needed linebackers. And how do you get more linebackers? You hire a great recruiter. He's not known as one. So then you at least take a swing and hire a splash. Someone that's going to make kids go, oh, hey, I didn't know he was there. Oh, he must see something in Florida State if he's going there. Maybe I should let him come for the, for the visit. Maybe I should take an official there. You know, maybe I should listen to this guy and I should put on the garnet gold next year. That's what we needed and that's not what we got. So yeah, I, I wish I had a better answer. I wish I had a more optimistic answer, I suppose. But Keith, yeah, Reg says it too. 
He hopes Dixon Lundy can take a step forward. Thune should be steady, but our linebackers need to improve. You're absolutely right, Reg. And I, I just don't know. I don't know why we would hire Randy Shannon because I've talked to people that know nothing. They don't have an answer because it doesn't on the surface make sense. So I've talked to people that know a thing or two. They don't have any answers because slightly below the surface, it doesn't make any sense. And I've talked to people who I consider pretty much as plugged in as you can get at Florida State. They know nothing. Because deep down, it doesn't make any sense. The reality is, if our linebackers don't get better, this team is not going to take a massive leap. And when I look ahead to 23, and I look at who we're losing, like we're losing guys who we say, okay, they're starting, but we wish we had better. And we have no one to replace them with. And we're not bringing anyone as of now in to replace them with next year. I, I don't know. But I said it was going to be a great Tuesday. So I'll end it on a happy note. Uh, hopefully the sun's shining wherever you are. Hopefully it's not too cold. And if it is, just know that winter is almost over. It'll be the spring game before we know it. They are doing the tour of duty, which means spring practice is next, which means spring football is right after that. And who doesn't love a good spring game? Folks, thanks for stopping by each and every day. Make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure you like the individual video and make sure you hit that bell. It's this way to turn on notifications. I'm your host, Max, and this was Locked On Seminole.